Howdy, podcast people. This is Added to the List Reality Rewind, where we recap the biggest reality shows on TV. This week, we are back for episodes three and four of The Traders Australia. My name is Graham Capito, and I am joined, as always, by Zach Schultz and Alonzo Ramont. Morning, fellas. Hello. Morning. My name goes before Zach. What was different today? Well, uh, we've be- negotiated contracts. No, my my representative made it very clear that I would have second billing. You know, it's funny as I was typing this up, Zach's name just came out on the keyboard first. And mm. I was like, I wonder if they'll even notice. It's, well, it's because, see, I'm more of a recognizable commodity. Uh, <laughs> got it. I well, will accept that. Hey, I think there's a Q&A at the bottom of these episodes, at least on Spotify, so people can tell us who they prefer. Maybe we'll, There we go. We'll just let the, <laughs> we can just poll. let the people decide. Let the people. Get, you got to give the people what they want. Yeah, give exactly. the people the power. Yeah. Who deserves top billing? Who deserves their name on the top of the marquee? Yeah. As in marquee, I mean Graham's voice <laughs> in the beginning of the show. <laughs> we'll let the people decide. Uh, so, like I said, last week we were we had just started the traders. Uh, we'd abandoned Stars on Mars a while back. We did episodes one and two of the traders, and we are back for episodes three and four of Traders Australian Edition, uh, which I just learned. I think the next season's coming out this year. Oh, that makes me happy. But uh, yeah, another uh, great set of episodes. Um, my I, goodness yeah <laughs> i it's, it's so what i have in my mind is the uk version and that's what i compare it to and these people are just playing really hard in a, <laughs> in a good way i think like in a way that's really entertaining they are i think just a lot more thoughtful and a lot more perceptive um they're really looking for more logical reasons as to why someone might be a traitor um uh marielle i gotta say she's been uh, these last two episodes i feel like she was kind of the 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 hot ticket item the main character of her like being sneaky with the other traitors oh sure that's pretty yeah yeah especially uh, was it the third episode where she voted for we'll, we'll get into it um but yeah she voted for another traitor in the in the round table yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and start. So at the beginning of episode three, we learned, I believe it's been a minute, we learned that Chloe just left. Yeah. She just straight up left after her big prediction. And it was... She was the clairvoyant. clairvoyant. Yes, Chloe the clairvoyant uh, after she made her big prediction at the round table of four people being the traitors. She pointed out Marielle, Angus, Cash and Teresa, I believe. And then Ethan was also murdered that night. So it was a double yes. double loss for the traitors. And Chloe's prediction sort of became the focal point, surprisingly to me, of the whole episode. I was that kind was of shocked so by that. Frustrating to me. And then the episode episode three ends with part of her prediction. Like it's it's like they immediately turned on Cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the round table, and I feel like the only reason people voted for Cash 
is because because it really seemed like Angus for me whenever I was watching that episode it seemed like Angus was gone like people were ready and then mm-hmm. Cass kind of like started arguing in the round table and everybody just like turned against her and I think that wouldn't have happened if Chloe had not even said her name I think it was literally just be people being swayed by what Chloe said absolutely yeah Chloe was really I think leading her Chloe's prediction absolutely turned everything on its head, which I was surprised by. I, to me, I thought they were going to maybe like blow it off. But I think Kate and Mark really took that and they were like, hey, besides the whole Olivia Jack thing, um, which came more into play in episode four, we don't really have anything, you know, yeah, our, they- our names weren't thrown out. Let's do something with this. Yeah. I think they're just going based on nothing because, you know, that that's the best. They're trying to grab at straws for, you know, for some kind of sign, some kind of signal that somebody's a traitor. And I think that Kate and Mock, they just decided, uh, and Teresa. Um, Teresa? You know, who... <laughs> oh, you were doing who, an accent. <laughs> <laughs> Kate and Mock. Um, Teresa? Uh, Claire, Claire. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's just go through all of them. <laughs> Anger. Um, I'm gonna say this too. I think there's a hint of like people, and and I've seen it time and time again on reality TV shows, particularly when a black woman starts to stand up for herself. Mm. It's easier to get rid of her. It's easier to say, "Uh, she she might be a problem." And I'm I'm rewatching a season of Big Brother right now, season seventeen, where this exact thing happens, where the black girl is like the leader at first, then she gets into an argument with somebody, and even her allies are like, "Uh, she might end up being problematic for us." We should probably just go ahead and get rid of her now. We love her, but I'm also kind of scared of her. And so I kind of felt like that's what happened with Claire, uh, with Cash. And again, maybe I'm hypothesizing too much, but I just because it, it felt like it came out of nowhere that she was the one they sent home. That's how I felt too. And it was like episode three, we're getting rid of really the only minority character in the entire thing. Or person. Yeah, well, the, well, the <laughs> only black. There are, there were other minorities. Mitty and. Oh yes, um, Mitty, Mitty, but Mitty got. Did Mitty get murdered on episode four? I, I did last. Yeah, so they, so Mitty's gone now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened yeah. at the at the end of episode three, going into four. We lost him at the beginning of episode four because he was murdered. Oh yes, well, he didn't show up. He, he was the main one, kind of going after Angus. And so Angus thought, if we murder Mitty, then people won't assume it was me. They'll assume, since he was coming after me, that I wouldn't want to go after him publicly, which that didn't work. So, it, so what? Greg? I, I was going to say, it. I, I've thought about like the strategies and what would be good and what wouldn't, and the whole like reverse psychology of that. And everyone's usually the traders are like, we don't want to go after the people who are suspicious of us because everyone will think we did it on purpose. 
But I can sort of buy into the whole idea of, I thought it was sort of smart. Like, well, what if we just do it? Oh, and, and no one will think the traders would have done that because it's too odd, like a reverse psychology. I agree. Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I and, agree. I just don't think it really took the heat off of Angus. Well, Oh no. Because we still have like, now it's Mark took sort of took up the torch of let's go after Angus. And he's, been hounding on him this whole time he's really smart i like mark uh, well i was gonna say the 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 traders need to kill mark soon like he has been on to literally almost every single one of them i will say nigel and marielle they're freaking killing it they are killing it it seems in this game as traders like nobody really su suspects them you know like yeah. no their names have not been thrown out like at all um but going back to the Angus thing, poor Angus, episode three. Poor he, Angus. Poor Angus. He got drugged through the mud. I mean, he is a traitor, but then Marielle voted for him. Marielle is the And then voted double down. She doubled down because I there was, was a shocked. tie. <laughs> I Oh my god, I gasped. I was like, oh my god, how could she buy? And then, when, oh my, the Well, let's explain, let's explain what you mean. So, basically, we're at the round table, and everybody votes for who they think is a traitor. Well, people vote for Angus, and they vote for... Cash. Um, well, cash, yes. And it ends up being a tie. Yeah. So then now, everybody has to either vote or Angus or Cash only, Marielle still had the chance to be like, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna, I voted for Angus the first time, but now I'm gonna vote for Cash. And girl, homegirl was like, nah, nah, fam, you a traitor. Did not erase that slate. Yeah, nope. She just and, immediately. And I think she did it so that um, the other house guests will would not suspect her that they would and and it worked in episode four, i think it was a brilliant move gameplay wise it frustrated me because i love angus but i think marielle doing that almost like solidified her as a game player you know right. like she made a really bold move and it almost makes her immune in people's heads especially if they really suspect angus and it's only worse for Angus. Like, Angus is on the hot seat right now. Mm -hmm. Thanks to Marielle, really. Yeah, because had she flipped and then Angus still went out, that would have been like, looked really suspicious on her. Why did you flip? You you had it on the right person. Yeah. I also think that she stuck with Angus because she really wanted him to go home because after pulling that trigger, like, you can't... She couldn't unpull it. Like, I've already pissed this guy off. God, I hope I don't have to sit with him tonight and murder someone. Like, I hope he's just gone. And the fact and that he stayed and she had to make up that, like, whole thing, sort of faux makeup, like, oh, the people in the car, and I just... Yeah, they were all saying it, it, and I thought it was safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, she, she just knew she was in such an awkward position that I think she just really, really wanted him gone and so stuck with that vote so she wouldn't have to deal with what she ended up having to deal with. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, I think I'm less of a Marielle, like, I don't, I personally don't know how good I think she's doing. I think 
maybe maybe I wouldn't see it this way if I didn't know who the traders were and who weren't, but I don't think she's a good liar. I feel like, mm. and I don't know if it's, it also could be editing, but people will confront her about things and her answers just to me are not convincing. Her face it is It seems not like convincing. she's making them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And she she has been, people have sort of looked at her I don't remember why they were in the car and they were, she was confronted. Oh, where she said the thing about, well, there's four traders and, and I think somebody, it, it might've been Mark who said, well, how do you know that? Or Justine, how do you know there's four? And with the editing, you don't really know how that conversation went, but she didn't seem to have an answer for that. Yeah. Yeah. See, I didn't realize they didn't know. So I didn't realize they didn't know how many traders there were originally. And something that I haven't told you guys, I started the UK traders because I showed my sister the Australian traders and she blew through the first season and I didn't want to watch past it. So I was like, okay, if we're going to watch this together, let's start a new one. And one, (laughs) the beginning of the UK traders just punches you in the face. It's like, oh, this is a different a different like more intense thing because i you told me this happened and i didn't remember it happening you know whenever i was watching the show that they get rid spoilers they get rid of two people the first episode within the first like two minutes she says who do you think's gonna lose line up and then the last two (laughs) people are like i'll take your word for it and then she just boots them but the big comparison that i'm making is it seems like the traders in the australian version are not being as wise as to who they are killing as the UK traders. Hmm. It seems like the Australian traders are kind of killing people a little bit willy-nilly. It doesn't seem as strategic as the... uh, Because every episode, when I'm looking at the traders in Australia, I'm like, you got to kill this person. This person is the hot item person. This is the person that is on your heels and they're suspecting you. And then they don't. It's like a really random kind of just like not very noticeable person and that's what i've been except for Mitty, i will say Mitty was a kind of big one yeah well he wasn't even voted he was he was murdered that's what i'm saying the the traitors choosing to murder it seems like they're not as uh they're not thinking as much as the uk traitors when they're deciding on who to kill i miss i misunderstood i thought you were talking about the faithfuls and who they're voting at oh yeah 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 no so yeah, because like it seems like the UK traders not necessarily are smarter, but it seems like they are not making it random. Where the Australian traders are seem like they're trying to confuse the faithful. It's like they're trying to confuse them by just doing random people, which I don't think that's a good plan. We'll see how that goes, but I feel like they should be kind of more deliberate about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I can see where how you're saying that. Um... I remember them being very strategic about who they voted off, and this does feel random. Obviously, I haven't finished this whole season, so I don't can't say which strategy seems to work better. Um, to me, I can see the merits of both. Um, the strategy, obviously, you know, if you want to sort of manipulate people and make them, you know, think what you want them to think. Um, then being strategic is really good, but also the, the randomness strategy that the Australian traders are going for, I sort of like because it doesn't leave any sort of like bread breadcrumb trail back to who it is. Like if that's if, true, if the if the faithfuls in the UK version 
it would have been really hard. I don't know how they would have figured these things out, but you know, there's sort of like a reverse engineering to, well, we can figure out who the traders are based on who they voted off. If it's random, there's no, like, there's no way to get back to them. You know, you mm, see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I think the UK traders are thinking about that the Australian ones aren't every time, the traders, is challenges. Like, who is useful in a challenge? Yeah. That's because, very true. They're, UK definitely thought about that, for sure. Yeah, which was like smart. Yeah, the Australian traders, I'll tell you, or no, the Australian people in, 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 this, in this season, they are not great at these challenges. <laughs> <laughs> they're really not well hence Ethan, the challenge of the episode three which was the where uh the bridge where they have to step on the right plank oh right? yes and map it out yep was it was that that one or was it was the paintball one? Oh, it was the paintball one see episode three okay and then the bridges okay. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah which which i would say was more of a sort of athletic feat um, where they really could have used someone like Ethan, who they murdered. Right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's Frankly, the traitor's money. It was a money. weird challenge, I think. It was a weird challenge. It, it, I didn't really understand like how they weren't getting hit when, like, I don't know. It they was were fully just... out in the open. That was a weird, it was like, it, did they could not could they not think of the challenge? And then they just kind of like thought of something at the, on the day? <laughs> Yeah, like, like we'll, we'll shoot him with paintball guns. It was literally don't get shot. Like, and I yeah. think when we start Big Brother next week, uh, we'll get to talk about the amazing challenges that happen on Big Brother and the thought and the planning that, like, these they spend they spend six to nine months planning all of the challenges for Big Brother, and they're elaborate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited. Now, I did like the bridge challenge. I thought that was a cool... Uh, I think I um, it was it was Teresa and who else were the people that were telling them where to step? Teresa? And the other Teresa? one that looked like Claire. The one that looked like Claire. Olivia, Olivia? I believe. Olivia, yeah. yeah. I'll say, I don't think they... Because the editing was weird, but I don't think they did a very good job. <laughs> No, they didn't. They were horrible. They were like, "Cause oh, I was like, shit, I forgot, I forgot what the what the pattern was." And I was like, several times, I was like, "I'm pretty sure somebody already stepped on two and fell through." <laughs> so why are you telling them to step on two? And that may have just been again the editing, but it felt like it took way too long for the first person to get across that bridge. Huh? I did. I did. I never picked that up that they like ever got it wrong. I just they thought they did, yeah. They did. They 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 forgot the pattern. They they were like, oh, was it one or was it was it three now? I remember them saying that, but I don't remember ever seeing it happen to where someone fell or someone else had fallen. I I probably just missed that. Because it did take a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll agree. It, the at the first few, it's luck, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. It is a guessing game, you know, but they, but it's important that they remember the pattern, you know, so that everybody gets along. And, but remember too, and I think one of the things that may have taken a little bit of heat off of Angus was Angus was the one who made it all the way across, right? The first one. Oh, Angus I think was the was first he? one. I think he was. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, he was the first one to make it all the way across. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm hoping the heat gets off of Angus cuz I, you know, it seemed like in the fourth episode it wasn't as intense. But uh do y'all watch the next time on the traitors clip? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like Marielle is now trying to team or she's going to in this next episode trying to team up with Nigel against Angus. Which yeah. mm-hmm. That's and again, yeah. Nigel, I currently so here's my here's my thing. I don't want to say anybody is my favorite person to win because my true honest thing is I feel like the people that we've not heard from and like not seen a lot of are the ones that are going to make it to the end. I think big personalities are what gets you targeted. Well, but I, I disagree a little bit. Like if you watch the American version they actually end up deciding to keep some of the big personalities because they are, they can be bigger targets in front of you. So like sometimes your oh. gameplay is you want to, you want to keep the big targets in the game so that As you're not shield. a target. Yeah. 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 And, and that does sort of make sense because at the end of the day, what you're going what you have to go off of as to who is a trader and who's not is so small like they're really, like you said, pulling at, at straws here. Um, so having a more concrete strategy of, well, hey, we can't really control if we get a trader. If we don't, it's all kind of random. Let me at least keep someone who is going to keep me safe. You know, that I have that in my control at least. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good strategy, I think. Yeah. Um, I I will say as for uh was it Marielle trying to pull in Nigel? Um I if I was Nigel, I I really hope he does not go for that. Um same. I th- but I again I think Nigel's very smart. You know, I think, you know, if I had to choose a person that I would want to win, I think Nigel's is up there. I think he's very capable and he's yeah. thinking about the game. But also I think he's also kind of staying in the background a little bit with people. Like he does sure. kind of have a leadership vibe to him, but again, nobody's really said Nigel, you know? Like we see him as this character, but I don't think a lot of people are suspecting him. Yeah, he's like the quiet sort of mentor um type character which was odd to me when he fought so hard to get that shield. Um, and I don't think we've talked at all that, about the shield. Yes, because that was a big thing in episode four. Yeah, they introduced the shield, which um, I'm assuming was a thing in the American version. It was in the UK. Um, they brought everyone out to this pond, and the host, was it Roger, told them, um, hey, see that thing floating out there? It's a shield. If you get it, um, you are safe from both murder and uh, banishment. And he was basically like, there it is. If you want it, go like go for it and people ran out and it was a a few people ran out and started swimming and this from what it sounds like really cold water um yeah but it was between angus and nigel nigel got there first um and you could see that angus was he was sort of playing sort of not with like trying to fight nigel for it um but but angus of the traitors should so if nigel had thought which you know in that in that moment nigel just wanted one of the traitors to get the metal yeah it and seemed think... like what no go ahead go ahead and i really think the smart thing would have been like okay angus has been getting targeted we need all four traders let me give the metal to angus see that's what i thought was going to happen 
is they were going to, like, fight, and then Angus was going to somehow end up with the medal. Like, he was the one that he, like, well, shook it away from Nigel. I mean, but he that really... Was... So, I'm sorry. He really put the spotlight on himself by that doing that and going so hard after it. And yeah. then everybody heard his little comment about murdering uh, yeah. Nigel, which mm-hmm. just did not help him at all. Because right. everybody was right. like, what did you say? What, what Every, did you say? Everyone turned, what you say? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, murder, I wanted to murder him. You know. <laughs> That's a good accent. I, and I really, I, and I really think he was. I I genuinely think that was just like a. He meant that in no way as a murderer. Like, oh yeah, we're just playing around, just joking. Like, oh, I really wanted that medal. Um, and I think and had I mean, they, had, had they had time to like think about it, maybe Nigel could have like sl- just slowed down just a little bit in the water to get it for Angus. Um, but I don't yeah, know if was- it was him just like the competitive spirit coming out or Angus was just I mean, too he slow. Was, he went after that thing. He was like, he was like, I'm getting this. I'm getting this, this. But again, he didn't need it. Even the, even the other cat house guests were like, Nigel, you don't need it. They literally were like, <laughs> about you. You're yeah. Not, like our radar at all. It's very bizarre. See, and yeah, that's the thing. It, it's it's bizarre that Nigel was so intense because, like, in the in his little talking head, he said, "Oh, one of the traitors has to get this thing. Like, we have to be able to." But really, one of the traitors did not have to get that thing because you could kill anybody. You know, it, it yeah. doesn't matter who has the me- like. If you yeah, if anybody one person needed, saved. If anybody needed it, it was Angus and poor Angus. <laughs> Yeah, for but he didn't get voted off. Who got voted off in episode four? That was I just watched. Uh, it was Olivia because they finally Olivia. Cir- they finally circled back to um because oh my gosh we haven't even talked about it so the sort of the big social um, moves that were happening in episode four was mostly revolving around Matt who finally sort of came into the spotlight and he, he was so hung up on this small thing with the initial uh, Olivia Jack lie where um, what fee said that Teresa was the one who had witnessed it all. And Teresa said, no, you must've misheard me. I didn't say that. And Fee was like, oh, okay. And this whole interaction happened at the breakfast table. And for some reason, that just like lit him. Well, I could I could see why. You know, they have nothing else to go on. This is something to go on. It's a weird, fishy situation. But he just takes this and basically shakes down the entire house. And it's like, listen to me. One of these two is the traitor. Something doesn't add up here. <laughs> right, Matt. Getting on everyone's nerves. Like whether or not his point is good becomes completely irrelevant it is so funny to me how much everybody just attacked matt nobody likes matt and matt's i don't know why i find it so funny he's just like a funny guy (laughs) he's like a little weirdo and i he's strange and he really latched on to those three women it was like uh he Teresa, and then was there another one? Oh, uh, Olivia was the the one who initially said the thing about Jack. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, Olivia. And, and it's so funny because he was dead set on one of those three and they were not even. And then he, he confronted them like for a second or third time and immediately all three of them were like, shut up. They all were just like, why are you talking about this? And then at the round table, everybody was just like dogging on Matt. They were they were not having it with him. So I don't think he's long for the traitors. I don't think he is. Yeah. Yeah, at the end, I think he even made a comment, and Justine next to him, who was just so fed up, she was like, shut up. Stop talking. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I sort of felt bad for Matt, but also he was really digging his own grave. Um, all, I guess it must have been some sort of ego thing, like, I want to be the one to get a traitor. Listen to me. I have a theory. Because he didn't need to do that. He wasn't. I think his name maybe had been thrown around. I think he maybe got like two votes in episode three, but episode three was, was one where the votes were really split. Like there were so many people voting for so many different other people. And that's why we got the tie with Angus and cash. Cause everyone else's votes were split amongst various traders. Um, but yeah, I agree. I don't think he has long uh, for this game, especially since um, they they didn't really go with his theory because he wanted either Fee or Teresa, but they did. They were like, let's put this whole Olivia thing to rest. They voted for her. She was a faithful. And so, yeah, I could see him definitely being in the hot seat now. Yeah. 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 Well, any any other big takeaways from episodes three and four? Um, man, I think we really like we got in there, man. We talked we talked all around it. Yeah. I think looking forward um to what's coming next. If I were, I'll say at least I'll leave it with this for me. If I was in Nigel's shoes and I had Marielle coming to me with this idea, let's go ahead and flip on Angus. He's in the hot seat right now. I would sort of try and collectively get the other traders to sow the seeds of Marielle and get her oh. out of here. I, yeah, I would because then receive... guess what? She's going to come for you later. Like that, you know exactly. what I mean? If she's going to turn on them, she'll turn on you. Yeah, and yeah. so early. So early. Yeah. We are only on episode four. And she's already like doing being a wild card in terms of like going against Angus and stuff. So yeah, maybe, yeah, that may have not been when as you, big as that's when you play games, when you And you'll learn this with Big Brother. When you play a game that early, that hard, you gotta go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and you're. It's not like because you see other people sort of playing hard and, uh, you know, with their theories, like Mark with Angus, he's sticking on this, but he isn't really making enemies with that. Like this, you're in the small group of traders. It's such a volatile atmosphere. And you were getting so antsy that you're turning on him that fast this soon. And I think, I think even Nigel said something like what is going on? Like she is antsy and probably not super trustworthy. So I'll be interested to see where that goes. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts, traders episodes three and four? No. Yeah. No. Right. Well, I think we I'm covered it. Yeah, interested to see what happens next. Uh, I think we'll talk about, uh, at the end of this episode, what our plans are for the rest of the season, because we have Big Brother coming up. 
Uh, but we're going to go ahead and take a short little break. And when we get back, we will throw it to our favorite uh, one and only ending segment. What you been watching? What you been nice. watching? Been watching. We'll be right back. And we are back to our final segment, What You Been Watching. And for me, uh, we'll start with me because um, I could top billing in this segment, my choice. Uh, it's something that I know all three of us have watched. Uh, it's the only thing I can think that I've watched, but it's definitely, t- maybe it's because it's been so big in my mind um, since I've seen it. And then the cultural zeitgeist. Um, hey, there it is. You can't. I was wait. I I knew it was coming. I knew that <laughs> word was coming. I feel like it hasn't been said in a while. Yeah. Well, if uh, maybe I'll just sprinkle it in every episode. I miss zeitgeist. But um, yeah, you can't look anywhere in the cultural zeitgeist without seeing pink because Barbie pink, baby has been blowing up. Um, it's one that I saw. I saw it. Um, when did I see it? Wednesday, it's all Wednesday. Um, that doesn't matter to anyone listening to this. Um, I know you two have seen it. Um, so I guess we can all talk about Barbie, give our thoughts on the film. Uh, I'll go ahead and yeah. start. I loved it. I loved thought it. it was fantastic. I it was I knew it was a comedy, didn't think it would be as funny as it was. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really take time to form any sort of expectation about what this movie was going to be um i knew it was going to tackle some you know big themes um that it that it did but it was so absurd and uh just really creative in a way that i was not expecting at all um that i i found it absolutely delightful and again it tackled a lot of really big um interesting and important themes in a way that was still entertaining throughout the entire film uh the cast was awesome uh oh some great music and musical numbers that original I songs yeah yeah just just an all-around really fun time uh what what did you guys think about the barbie movie uh my goodness excellent i'm gonna i'm gonna say top three movies of this year for me so far i loved it i thought it was really great i thought the direction was interesting visually the movie looked incredible the the sets and the toys uh, the toy etic or the toy uh, aesthetic of it it was so cool and the world that they build has like a weird sense of logic to it where like everybody just kind of understands how this is and mm-hmm. like that they separate the Barbie world from the real world and the way that they play with that is I think brilliant the way you get back to Barbie land and how many different characters make that journey mm-hmm. going from Barbie land to the real world was very interesting and a big thing that I just wanted to talk about was the the performances in this movie because of course Margot Robbie her range her emotion everything in that was excellent we all know ryan gosling is awesome and hilarious and he killed it as ken but like a character i didn't expect to enjoy as much as i did in the movie was will ferrell's character uh as like the ceo of mattel 
like he was a lot more endearing as a character than you'd expect. He was very funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he cared about like little girls dreams. Like it was a really <laughs> but not in a weird way. <laughs> but not in a weird way. <laughs> and, uh it was just like all around a great time. I want to see it again in theaters. I had, I wish that I had seen it in a, a crowded theater. I saw it in like a near empty theater, which was, oh. you know, good for one reason, but I think a crowded theater, it's such a fun movie just in general that I think it would have been more fun. Helen Mirren as the narrator awesome hilarious uh you know they they break the fourth wall a bunch of times like it is it, yeah all around good movie yeah i'll say i saw it i just in a pretty packed theater and the amount of pink was hilarious everyone was wearing pink yeah um there were also just a lot of little girls who came into the movie and i guess like either didn't buy tickets or they couldn't find their seat because they were all scrambling for seats um so that was interesting <laughs> pre-movie entertainment uh, Alonzo, what did you think of Barbie? I thought it was great. It was weird. Um, so I, I knew that it was going to be a comedy. I knew that it was going to be, you know, some of the messaging, but I wasn't really sure what to expect um, uh, with it. Um, but um, I did definitely enjoy it. Um, it. I thought the ending got a little weird um, hmm. at the end, but it was great. Lots of great performances, though. Lots of great performances. I thought Ryan Gosling was just phenomenal in his role. Oh, my gosh. the I'm not going to spoil this line, but the line sublime. I don't know if you re- remember when he says oh. this in the movie. <laughs> It was so weird. Cracked up laughing when he says that. <laughs> Just, you know, and I didn't expect his character to be what the character was in the movie. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to spoil anything, but he was more prominent than I thought he would be in terms of the plot. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought Which... he was going to kind of be attached to Barbie when actually he became kind of a large conflict. Right. Well, he sort of became... It, it looked for me in the trailers like the Will Ferrell Mattel character was going to be the villain when and it, it, at a certain point in the movie, it felt like they were setting him up for that when really it just seemed like he ends up not really, I don't want to spoil anything, but he doesn't really come out as the villain. He's just sort of this goofy guy who, who really cares about money. Like that's his worst quality is that he doesn't really care about what's happening. It's just like yeah. money is all he's obsessed with. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, Ken, as you were saying, you didn't expect him to be this such a large part of the weird. movie. Um, what was Ken's storyline? I expected him to be a big part of the movie, but the direction that it went, like I, I saw where it was going, and I was like, okay, cool. But they went like hard in that direction, like, and that's where I think there was a little bit of a disconnect for me. Um, it felt it kind of felt like men versus women for a little bit. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Which I just felt like it felt a little like I don't know. I, I'm not one of those like you know. There, there's a there, a lot of the conservative political movement are so anti this movie, and I'm not oh, one of yeah. those people. 
Feminist I propaganda. Could, I could see um, why a little bit. Not like uh, just just a tad. Like it felt a little forced, where only the women can be in charge. Um, I well, thought, I go ahead. Well, there's a great line near the end where it said, if you're worried, the Kens will soon have the power that women have in the real world. I think that I is an amazing, that. because, yeah, like, I, yeah, I, women do have power, but not nearly as much as men have. Like, I yeah, yeah. that was a like, way to bring it around, because I was like, oh, because I, I was thinking, oh, they're all going to, like, come together, and they're going to share the power and all of that, and that did not happen. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like the Barbies. Like, yeah, I wasn't bothered by it. You know what I mean? I I, I was just like, uh, this is gonna give these people a you know a little bit more to to bite on. You know. Um, but I will say, was, I think what? No, go ahead. Uh, I think it's a great litmus test for like dudes who really don't like that movie. It's like ooh. Red flag there because it's not right. necessarily anti man. It's definitely anti toxic man, anti patriot. That's the big word that's constantly used in it. It's patriarchy. It's anti patriarchy, right. which right. cool beans, you know. Yeah, I think it's interesting yeah. to see all the angry and negative reactions whenever the message. Yeah, it's strong, but it's not like really, really aggressive as much as it is strong but it's not as aggressive as a lot of these you know guys that are posting about how terrible the movie is how it's anti-man and everything it's not as aggressive as they're saying see i felt i just felt like it was going to be like a all the men like decide to leave and the women are like we're fine without you like that's kind of what i was expecting mm. uh mm. it to end up being um because i'm i think that's great you know what i mean if women are like hey i don't need no man i'm good whatever cool but i did I could see where people would be like, um, you know, have a little bit of a problem. But I love when Ken first goes to the real world and he starts noticing <sighs> men, <laughs> you know, doing all the things that they're doing. And, I, and they're walking oh, down the street and everyone's complimenting both of them because they're both very attractive. And Ken's uh -huh. like, I feel so awesome. I feel not negative. And there's no violence towards their compliments. <laughs> and Margot Rot and Barbie's immediately like, I definitely have a sense of violence. <laughs> yeah. Whenever they're uh, talking to I, me. I think it's so interesting. And now I hear Mattel's considering like a, a Mattel universe of movies yeah. with the MCU. I don't there you go. I don't know that anybody's <laughs> asked that. Um and, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they got lightning in a bottle. Well, with, who with asked for the Barbie movie? Well, I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, the Barbie movie has been in production since like 2010. Mm -hmm. I will say that. Like, originally, well, you know, it was, it was a humor was a tag. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, but I guess I'm just like, are you going to repeat this whole thing for uh, all these, this, this vibe? I can't even put my finger on what that, what it's called, but like, is that going to really work for all these other movies? I just don't see that. Yeah, like, I, I think the distorted reality was great in Barbie, but I feel like if you keep doing that, it would make it less special. 
it would make the Barbie yeah. movie less of a special thing where it's like, oh, it's just another friggin' Mattel thing where the toys are in a different world and they come into the real world. In, now, in, what about, do you guys feel like this was, like, appropriate movie for kids? Um, I don't think it I was. I would say it's rated PG-13. I think that's an appropriate rating. Um, it's funny because I'd heard some people talking about it and they were, like, saying that how they were surprised that it didn't seem like a kid's movie. And yeah. I think anyone who's been paying attention, like, who's seen a trailer or just sort of right, anything right. about it that was that was very obvious to me that was never on my which mind that it was a child child's movie which is why i think it became such a phenomenon i think everybody was shocked when we we talked about it when we first saw the trailer like oh wow okay never thought this is gonna be I a funny see, yeah never thought i'd want to see the barbie movie right. but i definitely do you know and so yeah. i think it was just like the marvel movies they're not really made for kids, you know. Oh, they're yeah. all PG thirteen. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're PG thirteen. Yeah, they're they're PG yeah. Most of them are. Yeah, till we get to so, Deadpool. Well, yeah, that's a whole another. Right. Yeah. Which oh. um, yeah. Some at some point we gotta talk about those set photos for Deadpool three. Oh but shoot, that's right. I I think it'll be interesting with these other Mattel movies because. The Barbie movie wasn't, it was about Barbie, but like the whole, like the conflicts in the MCU is, you know, superhero like versus bad guy. When in this movie, it's Barbie sort of versus patriarchy, but it's more like just like women and their experience and how they go through the world and how like sort of Barbie is shaped into that, but her like just sort of seeing the real world through like these naive eyes. Like it's not too much about the Barbie brand. You could have put some other character in here and told the story and it still sort of would have worked, you know, if you tweaked it a little bit. Um, and I think a lot of people thought it might be a kid's movie because there are those, you know, animated children's movies, the, those Barbie movies where it's just oh, yeah, the Barbie, Barbie in the Barbie world. And she does, you know, she's a lawyer or a ballerina or a mermaid or whatever. Um, but this was like very meta, you know, it wasn't really about Barbie in a way. But really, it so and I think like when you're thinking about that, I think you could see like what the who the movie was really targeted towards. And I would say definitely it was targeted towards Greta Gerwig. It was it was targeted towards women in their like twenties, like women who grew up with Barbie, who loved Barbie, and that was the main demographic that the movie was going after. So, and that's why I think you know that's why they achieved that sort of adult feeling to it because it was made for specifically those women, older women that grew up with Barbie, instead of just kids that are actively playing with Barbie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I will say that uh, I, 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 never mind. I just lost my train of thought. You're good. I, honestly, at this point in the podcast, I wish it would have been nice to have a, a guest, uh, maybe a female guest on here to talk about oh, yeah. sort of the their um, interpretation to the movie because that it really was about sort of the female experience. That's sort of the the main, I don't know, theme, I guess of the movie but obviously we're all men we all enjoyed it there was a lot to be taken from it you don't have to be a woman to appreciate this movie oh yeah if anything you know if there's a lesson to be learned it's not one that any woman needs to hear um 
but yeah, it, it, and I think one of the other magical things about this movie was um, how it delivered such a message in a way that I was never, I never felt like I was in like a lecture hall or a class like this. This is a popcorn summer blockbuster entertainment movie. Like it's fun. I had, I never, I always had fun this entire movie. Um, and I think it does a great job of keeping up that energy while still making some really poignant thoughts. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's our take Agreed. on Barbie. Agreed. Um, and it, like I said, that's all I've seen of note recently. So, um, Zach, what's what are some things you've been watching recently? Uh, I've been I've been watching a lot. Well, I've only I've watched like four things I can talk about. Now I watched Barbie, of course. Then yesterday, uh, I've never played this video game, but the Twisted Metal series came out with uh, Anthony Mackie, Stephanie Beatriz. Uh, Will Arnett voices a character in this show, and it's about like a post-apocalypse where everybody drives ca- drives cars and shoots guns. And I'll say, if you want some fun, watch Twisted Metal. It is a fun, 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 fun show. It is like an amusement park ride written by a middle school boy. It is, <laughs> it's, it is not Barbie. It is not. It's not offensive or anything. Well. It's very violent, but it's it's not like offensive in that specific way. But it's a lot of fun. It, Anthony Mackie does great in it. He's very charming. He's very funny. He's like a very talkative kind of like tongue and cheek kind of guy. Stephanie Beatriz, great great uh, acting in that one. So yeah, Twisted Metal. I'd recommend it if you like like uh, you know uh, Deadpool, uh, the Suicide Squad movie with James Gunn, like a rated R action comedy. That's that's for you uh great movie or great great tv show and the episodes are 30 minutes long and it was easy to get through really fast and then i watched a what i said love that love a a tight 30 minutes and it's you know serial serialized so if you have a 30 minute long episode and then you actually get to watch the next episode and know what's going on and there's like a through line plot oh i eat it up um and then the other thing i've watched oh they cloned tyrone on Netflix, that another another movie with excellent performances. Uh, John Boy John Boyega, uh, Jamie Foxx, and I don't know the actress's name, but she plays Photon in the MCU. Uh, is it Rambo? Monica Who's Rambo. Fo- oh, that's her name, Photon. Yeah, <laughs> I, I <laughs> that's don't a think, superhero name. I don't think they've used that, have they? Because she only showed up so far. She'll be in the Marvels, but um, she she'll be in the Marvel movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I didn't know that was her name, Photon. Interesting. Uh, but they cloned Tyrone. Such a great, uh, such a great, very interesting conspiracy movie. Uh, it deals with a lot of social things in a very great way. Uh, it's also shocking in terms of like the different twists. And there's, uh, I will say, there is one twist. Their biggest twist in they clone Tyrone is not as big as the movie thinks it is. That's that's one big thing where like they they reveal a specific thing and it's like oh we can kind of put that together what what's going on but uh yeah highly recommend uh, that I would recommend that one as well I'm gonna put that on the list hey oh and then uh, last thing I'll say that I watched I watched a really bizarre movie called Color Out of Space and it's a Nick Cage movie came out I think last year and it's based on an H P Lovecraft either short story or novel. 
about a family and an asteroid gets uh gets strikes their farm and basically the dad becomes obsessed with the color that this asteroid emits and it makes everybody like go crazy uh not for everyone i would say it's 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 nick cage at his most like wacky you know it's his like very fast and almost like coked up energy <laughs> that he has a lot of the time. And uh, yeah, so it was, uh, so that's a, it, it's a good movie if you're into that, like it's wild and it has a crazy sci-fi element. It's disturbing, but it has a sort of comedic tone to it. So yeah, so that's what I've been watching. All right. Sounds, uh, that Nicolas Cage movie is one I've, that's been on my list for a while. Um, I'm not sure if this will make me get to it sooner or later, but uh, Alonzo, what have you been watching? So I decided to watch the phenomenon known as Jury Duty. Shoot. Nice. Um, When I tell you it is brilliant, television entertaining television in fact graham i could totally see you in this position of ronald the main oh character <laughs> oh um i don't think i would have that... come out in such a positive light at the end well people are really <laughs> upset that like People are really upset that this guy's not eligible to win an Emmy because it was like a reality show and he wasn't acting, but he was mm. such a big personality in it and people loved him that he could, but he couldn't oh. be nominated. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, this show was brilliant. And if you don't know what it is, this guy, Ronald, signs up on Craigslist for jury duty, but he's basically being filmed he thinks he's being filmed as part of a documentary. Um, and so that's kind of how this whole thing starts. Well, he doesn't realize that everyone involved in this case is an actor. Um, and so he, these wacky things keep happening. James Marsden, uh, the actor, is uh, a part of the case on jury duty but he plays himself. So he's the only sort of, you know, he just thinks, oh, James Marsden has jury duty. Cool. Um, but yeah, when I tell you that this show was one of the best things I've ever watched, um, Shoot. it was, it's so good. So good. Highly recommend. Yeah. I think just from a point of how creative the team behind it was, um, and sort of just rolling with what happened because a lot of it just wasn't was so not up to them. Um, but the way that they just had to sort of go with it, all the actors, um, and the way that they, from what I understand initially, this like the the way I don't know, it's been out for a while. I won't spoil it too much, but at the end, um, it's revealed to the guy that you know this is a show and. Basically, he was such like a nice guy throughout it all. They are sort of like celebrating him. Um, did he win money at the end? Um, I think, um, yeah, he won this money. Uh, they gave, 
hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, because of how like just nice and good of a person he was throughout this whole thing. Um, when they keep throwing all of these weird and ridiculous and just sort of like sometimes rude people at him. Um it Oh, and the it, bizarre people that he has to work with on this case in the jury. Uh it's insane. And I think it's really cool. I don't know if you watched Graham, but I watched the bonus episodes where they don't spoil anything no 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 they do all the episodes but they do commentary over top of it with the cast oh about like all these different moments like what they were feeling and thinking and how they wanted to bust out laughing and how there's like if you remember in court there's a video that's shown uh by (laughs) one of the (laughs) (laughs) yes and oh, actors all say they're like we had we had never seen the video so we're sitting <laughs> in the jury box trying to keep it together because it's our first time seeing this oh my gosh this show's phenomenal zach I, you would love it love i mean it. i think that is now at the top of my i may watch that when we get off right now <laughs> highly recommend highly recommend yeah i I don't know what if I had I been on this show I don't know I it, it, at some points it's almost unbelievable that he doesn't wise up to like this isn't this is not a court this is not a court case like something ridiculous is happening um, he but does I guess say at one point he's like this 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 feels like he's like this is like a reality show he does say that yeah I, I think at multiple points he I remember him saying that I think there's another point where he's like. He's like, I have to write all this stuff down. Like, we have to, like, someone has to make something of this. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's a phenomenal show. Brilliant. The story I read from the show is one of the actors that's, like, a smaller ta- time actor, but he's in a lot of stuff. His name's Kirk Fox. He was, he's in the show. He plays one of the actors. And he's like, you've got a mustache. He's kind of dirty looking. Is he the guy he's also in, I think, Parks and Rec? He's in Parks. So this is the story that I heard. Yes. He's in Parks I and Rec. Him. Yeah, I noticed him immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, thought, oh my God, is he going to recognize him? Because Ronald said he watched, he's a Parks and Rec fan. They knew he was a Parks and Rec fan. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's the story that I was talking because, like, he said that uh, he mentioned, like, on the first day they started filming that he was a fan of Parks and Rec, and Kirk Fox's character was going to be a lot more prominent. But they were like yeah. immediately they like pulled him away oh, from this guy wow. and like, made sure that, that he wasn't like, close to him. They talk about that in the bonus episodes that like he <laughs> had to like kind of keep his distance, um, and he had a he had a beard. Um, which in Parks and Rec, he did not have a beard. But I know I would have noticed it. So Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, a, there's actually a couple of... Um, there's a couple of people um, that I recognize. Yeah, I'm... They... I think they kind of got lucky with this guy um, not being someone who's big into, like, following actors and and who's in what like he was clear like he didn't even know i think he misstated one of the movies that james marston was in or something like he didn't really know them all um yeah so yeah they got he, at first he guy. didn't recognize at first he didn't recognize james marston immediately um but then people kind of like started asking for his autographs and 
you know, things like that. So. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, Zach, you definitely should watch that show. Uh, it's fantastic. And the fact that it was like, what was it? A freebie original? Like yeah, that's a crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's on Amazon. Well, I guess Amazon owns freebie. It's like an arm of yeah. Amazon sort of what isn't an arm of Amazon, I guess. But the world, man. You know, me, I'm an arm of Amazon. Uh, yeah. Anything else, guys? Anything y'all been watching? No. All right. Well, Nothing I'll say, me. I'll say that. Um, I think what we talked about next for next episode, we. I'll say this. So, Big Brother, that's coming up. Um, by the time we record next episode, we will have a few episodes of Big Brother under our belt. Um. The newest season, that's going to be our main focus um, from here uh, throughout. Uh, we're going to cover the entire season of Big Brother, uh, but we don't want to leave the traders high and dry because we've all been enjoying that. So um, on our own, we're going to watch it through or get some recaps and then just do a series season recap next episode along with our uh, big brother introduction as we are start to get into the show meet the cast and things like that so we'll wrap up the traders and jump into this brand new season of big brother that we're all super excited about on our next episode so if you're watching along listening along finish the traders uh season one australia because we're gonna just talk about the whole season and get ready for this season what season of big brother is it a big one right 45 45. Season 45 oh my Sorry, 45 i was trying to unmute myself <laughs> oh you're good i had Ash ashley yelled it from the other room i had to take out my <laughs> uh season 45 of big no no Blue. no not 45 25 25 oh oh she said 25 i misheard yeah 25 45, yep. 45 seasons <laughs> thank you Yep. So, so join us next time as we jump into season 25 of Big Brother. Until then, see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.